Section 11 of Ulysses. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Nathan Jordan. Ulysses by James Joyce. Part 2. The Odyssey. Episode 8. The Strigonians. Part 1. Pineapple Rock. Lemon Platt. Butterscotch. A sugar-sticky girl shoveling scoopfuls of creams for a Christian brother. Some school treat, bad for their tummies. Lozenge and comfit manufacturer to his majesty the king, God save our. Sitting on his throne sucking red jujubes white. A somber YMCA young man, watchful among the warm sweet fumes of graham lemons. Placed a throwaway in a hand of Mr. Bloom. Heart-to-heart -heart talks. Blue? Me? No. Blood of the Lamb. His slow feet walked him riverward, reading, Are you saved? All are washed in the blood of the Lamb. God wants blood victim, birth, hymen, martyr, war, foundation of a building, sacrifice, kidney burnt offering, druids altars, Elijah is coming. Dr. John Alexander Dowie, restorer of the church in Zion, is coming. Is coming, is coming, is coming, all heartily welcome, paying game. Tory and Alexander last year, polygamy, his wife will put the stopper on that. Where was that ad, some Birmingham firm, the luminous crucifix, our savior? Wake up in the dead of night, and see him on the wall, hanging. Pepper's ghost idea, iron nails ran in. Phosphorus, it must be done with. If you leave a bit of codfish, for instance, I could see the bluey silver over it. Night, I went down to the pantry in the kitchen. Don't like all the smells in it waiting to rush out. What was it she wanted? The Malaga raisins, thinking of Spain, before Rudy was born, the phosphorescence, that bluey, greeny, very good for the brain. From Butler's Monument House Corner he glanced along Bachelor's Walk, Dallas's daughter there still outside Dylan's auction rooms, must be selling off some old furniture, knew her eyes at once from the father, lobbing about waiting for him. Home always breaks up when the mother goes. Fifteen children he had, birth every year almost. That's in their theology, where the priest won't give the poor woman the confession, the absolution. Increase and multiply. Did you ever hear such an idea? Eat you out of house and home. No families themselves to feed. Living on the fat of the land. Their butteries and larders. I'd like to see them do the black fast Yom Kippur, cross buns, one meal and a collation for fear he'd collapse on the altar. A housekeeper of one of those fellows, if you could pick it out of her. Never pick it out of her, like getting LSD out of him. Does himself well, no guess, all for number one, watching his water. Bring your own bread and butter, his reverence mums the word. Good Lord, that poor child's dress is in flitters, underfed she looks too.
potatoes and marge, marge and potatoes. It's after they feel it. Proof of the pudding undermines the Constitution. As he set foot on O'Connell Bridge, a puffball of smoke plumed up from the parapet. Brewery barge with export stout, England. Sea air sours it, I heard. Be interesting some day, get a pass through Hancock to see the brewery. Regular world in itself. Vats of porter wonderful. Rats get in too. Drink themselves bloated as big as a collie floating. Dead drunk on the porter. Drink till they puke again like Christians. Imagine drinking that. Rats. Vats. Well, of course, if we knew all the things. Looking down, he saw flapping strongly, wheeling between the gaunt quay walls, gulls. Rough weather outside. If I threw myself down? Reuben J.'s son must have swallowed a good bellyful of that sewage. One and eight pence too much. Hmm. It's the droll way he comes out with the things. Knows how to tell a story, too. They wheeled lower, looking for grub. Wait. He threw down among them a crumpled paper ball. Elijah, thirty-two feet per sec is calm. Not a bit. The ball bobbed unheeded on the wake of swells, floated under by the bridge piers. Not such damn fools. Also, the day I threw that stale cake out of the Aaron Kings, picked it up in the wake fifty yards astern. Live by their wits, they wheeled, flapping. The hungry famished gull flaps o'er the waters dull. That is how poets write, the similar sounds. But then Shakespeare has no rhymes, blank verse. The flow of the language it is, the thoughts, solemn. Hamlet, I am thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain time to walk the earth. Two apples a penny, two for a penny, his gaze passed over the glazed apples serried on her stand. Australians they must be this time of year. Shiny peels. Polished as them up with a rag or a handkerchief. Wait, those poor birds. He halted again and bought from the old apple woman two Banbury cakes for a penny and broke the brittle paste and threw its fragments down into the liffy. See that? The gulls swooped silently, too, then all from their heights, pouncing on prey, gone, every morsel. Aware of their greed and cunning, he shook the powdery crumb from his hands. They never expected that, manna. Live on fish, fishy flesh they have, all seabirds, gulls, sea-goose. Swans from Anna Liffey swim down here sometimes to preen themselves no accounting for tastes. Wonder what kind is swan meat? Robinson Crusoe had to live on them. They wheeled, flapping weakly. I'm not going to throw any more. Penny quite enough. Lot of thanks I get. Not even a caw. They spread foot and mouth dizzies too. If you cram a turkey, say, on chestnut meal, it tastes like that. Eat pig like pig. But then, why is it that saltwater fish are not salty? How is that? 
His eyes sought answer from the river, and saw a rowboat rock at anchor on the treacly swells lazily its plastered board. Kino's Eleven. Trousers. Good idea, that. Wonder if he pays rent to the corporation. How can you own water, really? It's always flowing in a stream, never the same, which in the stream of life we trace, because light is a stream. All kinds of places are good for ads. That quack doctor for the clap used to be stuck up in all the greenhouses. Never see it now, strictly confidential. Dr. High Franks. Didn't cost him a red like Magini, the dancing master self-advertisement. Got fellows to stick them up or stick them up himself, for that matter, on the QT, running in to loosen a button. Fly by night. Just the place, too. Post snow bills, post one ten pills. Some chap with the dose burning him. If he... Oh. Eh? No. 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 No, I don't believe it. He wouldn't, surely. No. No. Mr. Bloom moved forward, raising his troubled eyes. Think no more about that. After one. Time ball on the ballast office is down. Dunsink time. Fascinating little book that is of Sir Robert Ball's. Parallax. I never exactly understood. There's a priest. Could ask him. Par. It's Greek. Parallel. Parallax. Met him pike hoses, she called it, till I told her about the transmigration. Oh, rocks! Mr. Bloom smiled, oh, rocks, at two windows of the ballast office. She's right, after all. Only big words for ordinary things on account of the sound. She's not exactly witty. Can be rude, too. Blurt out what I was thinking. Still, I don't know. She used to say Ben Dollard had a bass barrel-tone voice. He has legs like barrels, and you'd think he was singing in to a barrel. Now isn't that wit? They used to call him Big Ben, not half as witty as calling him bass barrel-tone. Appetite like an albatross. Get outside of a baron of beef. Powerful man he was at stowing away number one bass. Barrel of bass? See? It all works out. A procession of white-smocked sandwichmen marched slowly towards him along the gutter, scarlet sashes across their boards. Bargains, like that priest they are this morning. We have sinned, we have suffered. He read the scarlet letters on their five tall white hats. H-E-L-Y-S. Wisdom Healy's. Y, lagging behind, drew a chunk of bread from under his foreboard, crammed it into his mouth, and munched as he walked. Our staple food, three bob a day. Walking along the gutters, street after street, just keep skin and bone together, bread and skilly. They are not boil. No imgladesman doesn't bring in any business either. I suggested to him about a transparent show-cart, with two smart girls sitting inside writing letters, copy-books, envelopes, blotting-paper. I bet that would have caught on. Smart girls, writing something catch the eye at once. Everyone dying to know what she's writing. Get twenty of them round you if you stare at nothing. 
have a finger in the pie. Women, too. Curiosity. Pillar of salt. Wouldn't have it, of course, because he didn't think of it himself first. Or the ink bottle I suggested with a false stain of black celluloid. His ideas for ads like plum trees potted under the obituaries. Cold meat department. You can't lick em. What? Our envelopes. Hello. Jones, where are you going? Can't stop, Robinson. I am hastening to purchase the only reliable ink eraser cancel. Sold by Healy's Limited, 85 Dame Street. Well, out of that ruck I am. Devil of a job it was collecting accounts of those convents. Tranquila convent. That was a nice nun there. Really sweet face. Wimple suited her small head. Sister? Sister? I am sure she was crossed in love by her eyes. Very hard to bargain with that sort of a woman. I disturbed her at her devotions that morning, but glad to communicate with the outside world. Our great day, she said. Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Sweet name, too, Caramel. She knew I. I think she knew by the way she... If she had married, she would have changed. I suppose they really were short of money, fried everything in the best butter all the same, no lard for them. My hearts broke eating dripping. They like buttering themselves in and out, Molly tasting it, her veil up. Sister? Pat Clafey, the pawnbroker's daughter. It was a nun, they say, invented barbed wire. He crossed Westmoreland Street when apostrophe S had plotted by. Rover Cycle Shop. Those races are on today. How long ago is that? Your Phil Gilligan died. We were in Lombard Street West. Wait. Was in Tom's. Got the job in Wisdom Healy's year we married. Six years. Ten years ago. Ninety-four he died. Yes, that's right. The big fire at Arnott's. Val Dillon was Lord Mayor. The Glen Cree dinner. Alderman Robert O'Reilly emptying the port into his soup before the flag fell. Bob Bob lapping it for the inner alderman. Couldn't hear what the band played. For what we have already received may the Lord make us. Millie was a kitty then. Molly had that elephant-gray dress with the braided frogs, man-tailored with self-covered buttons. She didn't like it because I sprained my ankle first day. She wore choir picnic at the sugar loaf, as if that. Old Goodwin's tall hat done up with some sticky stuff. Flies picnic, too. Never put a dress on her back like it. Fitted her like a glove, shoulders and hips, just beginning to plump it out well. Rabbit pie we had that day, people looking after her. Happy, happier then. Snug little room that was with the red wallpaper, dockerels, one and ninepence a dozen, Millie's tubbing night, American soap I bought, elderflower, cozy smell of her bathwater, funny she looked soaked all over, shapely too. Now photography, poor papa's daguerreotype atelier, he told me of hereditary taste. He walked along the curbstone, stream of life, 
what was the name of that priestly-looking chap was always squinting in when he passed. Weak eyes, woman, stopped in Citroen Saint's Kevin's Parade, pen something, pendennis? My memory is getting... pen? Of course, it's years ago. Noise of the trams, probably. Well, if he couldn't remember the Dayfather's name that he sees every day... Bartold de Arcy was the tenor, just coming out then, seeing her home after practice. Conceited fellow with his waxed-up mustache gave her that song, Winds That Blow From The South. Windy night, that was I went to fetch her there, was that lodge meeting on about those lottery tickets after Goodwin's concert in the supper-room or oak-room of the mansion-house. He and I behind sheet of her music blew out of my hand against the high school railings. Lucky it didn't. Thing like that spoils the effect of a night for her. Professor Goodwin linking her in front. Shaky on his pins, poor old sot. His farewell concerts. Positively last appearance on any stage. Maybe for months and maybe for never. Remember her laughing at the wind. Her blizzard collar up. Corner of Harcourt Road, remember that gust. Brfoo! Blew up all her skirts, and her boa nearly smothered old Goodwin. She did get flushed in the wind. Remember when we got home, raking up the fire, and frying up those pieces of lap of mutton for her supper, with the chutney sauce she liked, and the mulled drum? could see her in the bedroom from the hearth unclamping the busk of her stays, white. Swish and soft flop her stays made on the bed, always warm from her, always like to let herself out, sitting there after till near two, taking out her hairpins. Millie tucked up in Betty House, happy, happy. That was the night... Oh, Mr. Bloom, how do you do? Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Breen? No use complaining. How is Molly those times? Haven't seen her for ages. In the pink, Mr. Bloom said gaily. Millie has a position down in Mullinger, you know. Go away. Isn't that grand for her? Yes, and the photographer's there, getting on like a house on fire. How are all your charges? All on the baker's list, Mrs. Breen said. How many has she? No other in sight? You're in black, I see. You have no... No, Mr. Bloom said. I have just come from a funeral. Going to crop up all day, I foresee. Who's dead? When and what did he die of? Turn up like a bad penny. Oh, dear me, Mrs. Breen said. I hope it wasn't any near relation. May as well get her sympathy. Dingham, Mr. Bloom said, an old friend of mine. He died quite suddenly, poor fellow. Heart trouble, I believe. Funeral was this morning. Your funeral's tomorrow while you're coming through the rye. Diddle, diddle, dum, dum, diddle, diddle. Sad to lose the old friends, Mrs. Breen's woman eyes, said melancholily. Now that's quite enough about that, just quietly, 
husband. And your lord and master? Mrs. Breen turned up her two large eyes. Hasn't lost them anyhow. Oh, don't be talking, she said. He's a caution to rattlesnakes. He's in there now with his law books finding out the law of libel. He has me heart scalded. Wait till I show you. Hot mock turtle vapor and steam of new-baked jam puffs roly-poly poured out from Harrison's. The heavy noonery tickled the top of Mr. Bloom's gullet. Want to make good pastry? Butter, best flour, demerara sugar, or they'd taste it with the hot tea. Or is it from her? A barefoot Arab stood over the grating, breathing in the fumes. Deadened the gnaw of hunger that way. Pleasure or pain, is it? Penny dinner, knife and fork chained to the table. Opening her handbag, chipped leather, hat pin, ought to have a guard on those things, stick it in a chap's eye in the tram, rummaging, open, money, please take one, devils if they lose sixpence, raise cane, husband barging, where's the ten shillings I gave you on Monday? Are you feeding your little brother's family? Soiled handkerchief. Medicine bottle. Pastille. That was fell. What is she? There must be a new moon out, she said. He's always bad, then. Do you know what he did last night? Her hand ceased to rummage. Her eyes fixed themselves on him, wide in alarm, yet smiling. What? Mr. Bloom asked. Let her speak. Look straight in her eyes. I believe you. Trust me. Woke me up in the night, she said. Dream he had. A nightmare. Indiges. Said the ace of spades was walking up the stairs. The ace of spades, Mr. Bloom said. She took a folded postcard from her handbag. Read that, she said. He got it this morning. What is it? Mr. Bloom asked, taking the card. U P. U P. Up, she said. Someone taking a rise out of him. It's a great shame for them, whoever he is. Indeed, it is, Mr. Bloom said. She took back the card, sighing. And now he's going round to Mr. Minton's office. He's going to take an action for ten thousand pounds, he says. She folded the card into her untidy bag and snapped the catch. Same blue serge dress she had two years ago, the nap bleaching. Seen its best days, wispish hair over her ears, and that dowdy toque, three old grapes to take the harm out of it. Shabby genteel, she used to be a tasty dresser, lines round her mouth, only a year or so older than Molly. See the eye that woman gave her, passing, cruel, the unfair sex. He looked still at her, holding back behind his look his discontent. Pungent mock turtle, oxtail, mulligatawny, I'm hungry too, flakes of pastry on the gusset of her dress, daub of sugary flour stuck to her cheek, rhubarb tart with liberal fillings, rich fruit interior. Josie Powell, that was, in Luke Doyle's long ago, Dolphin's Barn, the charades, U.P., up. 
changed the subject. "'Do you ever see anything of Mrs. Beaufoy?' Mr. Bloom asked. "'Mina Purefoy,' she said. "'Philip Beaufoy, I was thinking. Playgoers Club. Matcham often thinks of the master stroke. Did I pull the chain?' "'Yes. The last act.' "'Yes. I just called to ask on the way in. Is she over it?' She's in the lying-in hospital in Hollis Street. Dr. Horn got her in. She's three days bad now. Oh, Mr. Bloom said, I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, Mrs. Breen said, and a house full of kids at home. It's a very stiff berth, the nurse told me. Oh, Mr. Bloom said. His heavy, pitting gaze absorbed her news. His tongue clacked in compassion. I'm sorry to hear that, he said. Poor thing! Three days! That's terrible for her! Mrs. Breen nodded. She was taken bad on the Tuesday. Mr. Bloom touched her funny bone gently, warning her, Mind, let this man pass. A bony form strode along the curbside from the river, staring with a rapt gaze into the sunlight through a heavy stringed glass. Tight as a skull piece, a tiny hat gripped his head. From his arm a folded dust coat, a stick, and an umbrella dangled to his stride. Watch him, Mr. Bloom said. He always walks outside the lamp posts. Watch. Who is he, if it's a fair question? Mrs. Breen asked. Is he dotty? His name is Cashel Boyle O'Connor Fitzmaurice Tisdall Farrell, Mr. Bloom said, smiling. Watch. He has enough of them, she said. Dennis will be like that one of these days. She broke off suddenly. There he is, she said. I must go after him. Goodbye. Remember me to Molly, won't you? I will, Mr. Bloom said. He watched her dodge through passers towards the shop fronts. Dennis Breen in skimpy frock coat and blue canvas shoes shuffled out of Harrison's, hugging two heavy tombs to his ribs. Blown in from the bay, like old times, he suffered her to overtake him without surprise and thrust his dull gray beard towards her, his loose jaw wagging as he spoke earnestly. Meshuggah, off his chump. Mr. Bloom walked on again easily seeing ahead of him in sunlight the tight skull-piece, the dangling stick-umbrella and dust-coat, going the two days. Watch him. Out he goes again. One way of getting on in the world, and that other old mosey lunatic in those duds. Hard time she must have with him. U.P. Up. I'll take my oath. That's Alf Bergen or Richie Golding. Wrote it for Lark in the Scotch house, I bet anything, round to Minton's office, his oyster eyes staring at the postcard, be a feast for the gods. He passed the Irish Times. There might be other answers lying there, like to answer them all. Good system for criminals, code, at their lunch now. Clerk with the glasses there doesn't know me. Oh, leave them there to simmer. Enough bother wading through forty-four of them. Wanted. Smart lady typist to aid gentlemen in literary work. I called you naughty darling because I do not like that other world. Please tell me what is the meaning. 
Please tell me what perfume does your wife. Tell me who made the world. The way they spring those questions on you. And the other one, Lizzie Twig. My literary efforts have had the good fortune to meet with the approval of the eminent poet A.E. Mr. Geo Russell. No time to do her hair drinking sloppy tea with a book of poetry. Best paper by long chalks for a small ad. Got the provinces now. Cook and general, EXE, cuisine, housemaid kept, wanted live man for spirit counter. RESP, girl, RC, wishes to hear of post in fruit or pork shop. James Carlyle made that, six and a half percent dividend. Made a big deal on Coates's shares. Cacanny, cunning old scotch hunks. All the toady news. Our gracious and popular vice reign. Bought the Irish field now. Lady Mountcashel has quite recovered after her confinement and rode out with the Ward Union staghounds at the enlargement yesterday at Rathwith. Uneatable fox. Pot hunters, too. Fear injects juices make it tender enough for them. Riding astride. Sit her horse like a man. Weight-carrying huntress. No side-saddle or pillion for her. Not for Joe. First to the meat and in at the death. Strong as a brood mare, some of these horsey women. Swagger around livery stables. Toss off a glass of brandy neat while you'd say knife. That one at the Grovner this morning. Up with her on the car, wish, wish. Stonewall or five-barred gate put her mount to it. Think that pug-nosed driver did it out of spite. Who is this she was like? Oh, yes. Mrs. Miriam Dandrade, that sold me her old wraps and black underclothes in the Shelbourne Hotel. Divorced Spanish-American. Didn't take a feather out of her my handling them. As if I was her clothes horse. Saw her in the vice-regal party when Stubbs, the park ranger, got me in with Whelan of the Express, scavenging what the quality left. High tea. Mayonnaise I poured on the plums, thinking it was custard. Her ears ought to have tingled for a few weeks after. Want to be a bull for her, born courtesan. No nursery work for her, thanks. Poor Mrs. Purefoy, Methodist husband, method in his madness. Saffron bun and milk and soda lunch in the educational dairy, Y-M-C-A, eating with a stopwatch, 32 chews to the minute, and still his mutton-chop whiskers grew. Supposed to be well-connected. Theodore's cousin in Dublin Castle. One Tony relative in every family. Hardy annuals he presents her with. Saw him out at the three jolly toppers marching along bareheaded, and his eldest boy carrying one in a market net. The squalors. Poor thing! Then having to give the breast year after year all hours of the night. Selfish those titis are, dog in the manger, only one lump of sugar in my tea, if you please. End of section 11. Recorded by Nathan Jordan.